Um, mm-hmm. But the cons is like intelligence works both ways and pigs can be very stubborn and they can be very destructive. And they, uh, when they root for food, with they can wreak havoc on your house or yard. Um, they can even figure yeah, they're out, tough. They can figure out how to get in your fridge and your cupboards. Why are they in your house? <laughs> what happened? Welcome to Hey You Know It. My name is Jaquetta Sotmar, and I'm here with my co-host Katie Casmir. Hey, you know it is a podcast that tells you how it is. Or how it should be. You can listen to Hey You Know It on iTunes, a new episode every Monday. And here they are, Jaquetta and Katie. Well, today we have we have a special theme show because yeah, we have uh, it, it. It was Pet Appreciation Week, and we wanted to salute the animals of the earth. But we missed it. Yeah, we missed it. But we're <laughs> going to still salute them because okay. yeah, they don't know. They don't know. <laughs> they didn't know it was their week. But, yeah, they have no idea. There, you know, there's probably a couple of cats out there who are like, we fucking know. <laughs> we know. Right. <laughs> of course they do. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I didn't think about them. Now. It's like an angry paw print on the calendar. Now I'm a little nervous that we missed the week and now I'm going to put this out there and the cats Dog know. won't care though. They'll be like, Puh. yeah, great. They'll, they'll be like, oh, you guys are doing it again. We just had it last week. Awesome. Yeah. Great. We love you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's all animals, all episode. All yeah, episode. all animals all the time. Yeah. So yeah. uh what do you, do you want to kick off with a with a pet piece? Sure. Okay. Okay. All right. So a couple of fun uh facts about about pets. Okay. okay. Like this is this like dogs, cats or just like a mix? Oh, these are like dogs and cats really. Okay. So okay. we have um uh 94% of pet owners say their animal pal makes them smile more than once a day. I would hope so. If you're not getting a smile off of your pet at least once a day, both of you are doing something very wrong. Right. I thought, geez, you know, what makes me smile all day without a pet? What am I I'm missing out on all the smiles? I don't know. You see pets, though, around. Yeah. You can look at a picture of a pet. People do that. Okay. You can do that. Um, so a couple of facts about the cats. They have okay. 32 muscles in each ear. That's a lot. Wow. Uh, four rows of whiskers and they have no collarbone, which is why they're so flexible. That's weird. Yeah. That's a little creepy in my mind. Yeah. So what does that allow them to do? Can they like slip under a door or something? Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. They can just like go wherever they need to. They don't have that collarbone getting in the way of those small pieces. Yeah. I'm wondering, like, if we didn't have collarbones, well, I would still have my hips. I forget. Yeah, right. You could get halfway through something, and then your hips would stop you. Um, (laughs) They spend, cats, come on. They spend 30% of their waking hours grooming themselves. Wow. And I don't think they're awake that much. Yeah. (laughs) 30%. (laughs) Like the narcissist, the kind of thing going on. They just wake up to groom, so they look good while they're asleep. Yeah. They're, uh, they have over 100 vocal sounds. Dogs have about 10, so that's the comparison for you. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, I thought I would think that dogs had more of a range. Yeah, no. no. So I guess dogs are kind of like Madonna, whereas cats are like Whitney Houston. Pretty much. Yes. Wow. Uh, let's see. The- Sorry, Madonna. <laughs> But you can't, you don't have a lot of rage. Everybody knows. That's why I do her songs for a karaoke. Live to Tell has like three notes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, right? Yes. Yeah, somebody yep. said once, and don't do 
Mariah Carey songs for karaoke. No, you can't. First of all, Mariah Carey will find out and you'll never hear the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like impossible for anyone. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, cat's jaws cannot move sideways. Okay. Yeah. They're like we can do it, right? Back and forth. They can't. Yeah, but I don't think we should. But we can if we want to. Like, yeah, if we the, want to grind something, we, I guess. We can take a punch, you know, and it'll... Ah, cats are not having a punch. Yeah. <laughs> Dog facts. Um, right. Dalmatians are born without spots. Really? Yeah, they have a plain white coat, and then the spots appear after they're about a week old. Surprise. <laughs> it's like, okay, what, what's going on? Could you imagine yes. the stress if they were neurotic? Yes. I can't fit in. Oh, wait, phew. <laughs> uh, we all know that dogs sweat through their foot pads. Yes. Uh, you know, and they keep cool by panting. Um, every dog has a unique nose print, and no two are alike. Really? <laughs> yeah. I have no, I just took my dog to the vet for her annual checkup. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting because this is a new vet. I hadn't been there before. There was nothing wrong with her, but like I said, it's the annual checkup. And they brought her out, and the first thing they said was, well, that we scanned your pet and it's definitely your pet that chip matches because I had her chipped. And I'm like, is that the first thing that they do now when you go to the vet is make sure the dog hasn't been stolen? Right. Oh and I'm God. like, if it is stolen, do they just keep the dog in the back and like call someone like, you, you know, when you try to use a stolen credit card? <laughs> they oh just, like, what happens if you have a dog that doesn't, you know, that doesn't fit the paperwork you gave them? Oh, my God. Yeah. Or do they have to like get in touch with the owner and say, is it OK for them to have your dog? I don't know, but I was just imagining them hustling a pet out or like, you know, shutting the doors and being like, sorry, you're going to have to come back later. So interesting. That's interesting because like I couldn't take if you said take your, you know, your dog to the the vet for you. uh, I I guess I I should tell them. I should probably tell them Mm -hmm. because the, the dog is registered to me and to my husband, Greg. But yeah, I should, Um, I guess I should call ahead and be like my friends bringing the dog and otherwise (laughs) there's going to be a really uh, interesting scene for you involving like, I don't know, animal cops. I don't know who shows up. Animal cops. right? Yeah. Yeah. Or the pet detective shows up, right? The pet detective shows up and puts like, I don't know. Okay. I don't know Uh, what they would do. All right. Um, 9% of dog owners have a birthday party for their pet. Yeah, I have only seen one dog birthday party once, and it was hilarious. The people who threw it. So you have this idea that it's like really kind of a sad thing because you're like, oh, my God, someone's throwing a party for an animal. But really, it's an excuse to get, if you love dogs, to have a bunch of dogs in your house running free. The dogs are hilarious. Yeah, everyone's happy. The dogs love it. Sounds like a good time then. Yeah, the dogs actually do party. Um, do they party? How do they party? Because it's, they just run around, you know, mm-hmm. because they're, they're, it's not usual for them to be with just five dogs. Maybe they've sniffed those dogs a few times in the building or they've seen them outside. But, like, imagine, like, if you're in an apartment complex, uh, you know, there's five or six dogs. They see each other rarely. But for an hour, you're like, let's get them all together. Oh, right, right. And then they get all their favorite foods. And yeah, it's like kind they of go nuts. Everyone's, everyone's looking at them and, you know, they're getting petted a lot. Like these dogs were, they look like they were having the time of their lives. Oh, God. And we found it hilarious. Good. Well, I'm glad you liked it. I think that would be a very stressful situation for me. Um, yes. If you don't, well, you know what? We could have a small party, just one dog. Okay. I'll do that. <laughs> Solo uh, dog. Okay. Uh, let's see. Um, slugs 
this is not a pet, but it's just an, I just wanted to include a few more animal facts. Okay. About other animals. I don't want to leave other animals out. They so, could be a pet. I mean, people do keep um, insects as pets. Right, that's true. <laughs> slugs, <laughs> slugs have four noses. Really? Mm-hmm. Four noses. Uh, I don't know why. What, what would the, why would a slug need four noses? I don't know. I mean, have you, do you have slug, a lot of slugs where you're from? I didn't see that many growing up. When I lived in <clears throat> Seattle briefly, they're everywhere there because oh, really? it's very, it's very it's damp. Very wet. Okay. Um, and I went from being grossed out by them to thinking they were actually kind of cool and cute. I didn't know that they had any noses. Yeah, they do. Yeah. I, I, but I don't know what they would, <sighs> slugs. Yeah. I've seen them. I mean, I wouldn't keep one as a pet, but I don't, I don't have any problems with them. Um, a baby kangaroo is the size of a lima bean. Ew. For some, <laughs> for yeah, some reason that grosses me <laughs> out. I don't know if it's like the lime, because literally I'm just imagining a lima bean with like ears and a yeah. pouch. Yeah. It's the thing. It's like, if it's newborn and you know, it's not cute, right? Yeah. That, <laughs> that's not cute at all. And yeah. it's in the pouch. Yeah. For a reason, obviously. Yeah. yeah. So Ooh. I guess those are a couple of facts. So I just wanted to share. Okay. That. Well, I mean, I'm, I have some insects as pets, if I could piggyback on that. All right. And I would like to advocate that you probably could have a kangaroo or a slug as a pet. Probably. Um, <laughs> a kangaroo as a pet. Imagine that growing up in your house. I mean, until they get older, they're probably, no, they jump too much. I don't think it would work. I'm no. rolling them out. Um, yeah, I'm saying no, I'm putting my foot down on that one. So in the U S you know, we don't really have a lot of, um, affinity for having insects as pets aside from ants. I don't know. Did you ever have an ant farm? I I never had one. I never saw the draw of that. I guess you'd like to see the inner workings of their homes and that might be neat. I Um, guess so. I never, I always saw them like on television or in cartoons, but I've never actually seen an ant farm. Okay. Um, so in the U S if we do have insects as pets, it's usually an ant, but in Asia, they're really popular, um, as popular as cats and dogs. And yeah, one of the most popular pets is a night singing cricket. Oh God. And people keep them in their homes in bamboo cages as kind of a natural, um, burglar alarm. Oh God. Oh really? Yeah. They chirp all night long. But when someone comes near them or they're disturbed by something, they stop chirping. Oh, see, that's kind of like the, the reverse. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't want to have that around. But I guess if you, I mean, I grew up with the sound of crickets at night. And it's not, if you, if it's normal, if it's natural and you hear it all the time, you barely hear it. But when it stops, it is creepy. Okay. So because you're like, what's happening? That makes it even scarier. Yeah. Like when something happens and then the crickets, st- like the cricket noise stops and you're like, oh, yeah. what is going to go down now? I think they're also good luck crickets to have that in your home. I think that when people buy new homes, you would give them a, like a, like a little statue of a cricket. Of a cricket? Yeah. Huh. Well, I like that. Um, so crickets are easy to keep. You just need some soil, loam. Something to stop them from escaping. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they eat lettuce, fruit, and moist bread. They also like dried dog food. Oh. Um, yeah. I don't know how people figure that out. I guess people are too lazy to put out the fruit and the lettuce. 
And they're like, uh, what do we have? What, <laughs> what do we have? Pinch? What can we do? Yeah. Also, um, it says here, praying mantids. Not mantises. It says mantid. mantid. This is from Smithsonian. So uh, people keep them. They're cannibalistic. So obviously just one at a time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they just need some plants or branches in there. Um, and basically you can get, you know, in the springtime, you can go out, gather um, the egg case and bring it into the house. And oh. then voila. There you are. A praying mantid. Also ant lions. Okay. So ant lions, they're also called doodle bugs. I don't know if you ever heard people use that term uh, when you doodle were a kid. Bug? Yeah. Doodle bugs. I, yeah, I've heard about doodle bugs. I don't know exactly what they are. What are they? So they're not cute. Um, and I remember older people saying like, you know, watch out for doodle bugs and things like that. And us being like a doodle bug, how could that be bad? So basically, so cute, right? It, a doodle if bug. You, it does. If you've seen, um, Wrath of Khan, Star Trek two, you know, the bug that goes into his ear. Yeah. It looks like that, but Sandy. And basically what these do, these things do is they form a cone in the soil and then they hang out at the bottom of it and they wait for an ant to fall in. Oh. They then eat it. Okay. They can wait in that pit for weeks. They uh, don't yeah. give an app. They, they, <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> they're not going anywhere until they they're get They're not going in. anywhere. And I Googled them. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not squeamish. I am, I've, I've never closed a browser so fast in my life. What, what is, why would people warn you of them? As a child. Oh, it's sure. just kind of those things. Like they, when I was growing up, people didn't say, don't let the bed bugs bite. Okay. We didn't say that. Bed bugs, I guess, were never really a thing where I'm from, maybe, because okay. it's so rural. They would always say, don't let the doodle bugs bite. Because, you know, that's yeah. something that we have. There's a lot of beaches where I'm from, a lot of sand okay. and sandy soil. And I guess the idea was, you know, sleep tight. Don't let the doodle bugs bite. I see. Okay. Got um, it. Yeah. But now after seeing what these doodle bugs or ant lions, um, as they're called, look like, I'm like, yeah, it's not a joke. No. Like, don't. Don't let them bite. If you had to have an insect for a pet, what would it be? An insect? Mm-hmm. Um, but the first thing that comes to mind for some reason is a tarantula. Okay. Because it's, I can see it. It's, you know, it's big enough for me to see. They are really cool looking. Mm-hmm. And I think they might be okay. I think I could have a habitat big enough for them that I might feel okay about it. Yeah. Um, maybe caterpillars. Okay. But then I, obvi- I mean, when I was a kid, I used to, you know, have a caterpillar for like a day or two. But then I always was like, yeah, I'm letting this guy go. Right. Because they got to you know? they they live their lives. Yeah. They've got other things to do. But if you, if you get the caterpillar and... Or like a co- on a cocoon when mm-hmm. it's already in the cocoon stage. Definitely, we used to bring those inside and watch them, you know, turn into a caterpillar and then let them go. Oh, okay. What about you? I'd probably get a, um, a praying mantis because they look cl- clean to me. <laughs> they, they, you know, they no funny. They look lips. clean. You think they they wash their hands? Yeah, and they just kind yeah. of like, and I always heard that they were, uh, you, you can't kill one. They're protected yeah. by the government. Like, that was like the big thing when we were kids. They're yeah. protected by the government. You can't, you can't <laughs> hurt one. Like, Do you remember, in your mind, how big is this praying mantis? Probably, let me see. Maybe like the size feet? of your hand? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. When we were kids, they every once in a while we would see some ones that were gig- they seemed gigantic to us, and they were creepy. Um, they do look like they clean up after themselves, but they also, to me, look kind of menacing. Like I wouldn't want to wake up with one looking at me. <laughs> giving you the old stink eye. Yeah. Um, I, know, I know what you're saying, but I know that they can't harm you. You know, they don't harm you. Are you sure women. about that? Mm-mm. No, <laughs> no, no, no. You're putting the seed of doubt in my mind. Because they, they are cannibals, and, but they have a kind of a tough exoskeleton. Mm-hmm. And we don't. Oh, okay. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I, I don't think there's any, I, yeah, I guess maybe. How much damage can they do? I mean, like I how fast I don't can know. they eat? I wouldn't want, but I'm, I'm assuming though, you wouldn't appreciate being bitten even once by a praying mantis. Like that's enough to freak me out right there. Yeah, that's true. Like, yeah. What do you, what do you get from that? <laughs> yeah. Like, were you just being, he's just being an asshole. Yeah, right. <laughs> Did you I know. provoke the praying yeah. mantis? And then the last pet on here, which I thought was weird is mealworms. Ew. Some people have mealworms as as pets. pets. I think people. I know people who have mealworms because they feed them to other pets. Mm-hmm. It's really the larva of a beetle. Um, you know, they eat a lot of grain and flour. It's mm-hmm. like growing up in a farm community. They're like a scourge, basically. Um, usually, they're eaten by birds and snakes and other lizards. But I guess people do keep them. And. Um, just for they're pretty eat. easy to keep. Yeah, they're pretty easy to keep. They like uneaten pieces of food. They do like it to be kept warm. They live about six months. And then, so you can't get too attached to them. No, no, but yeah, you can feed them to your other pets. All right. So, yeah, insect pets. Not right. bad. Okay. I see a praying mantis in your future as a gift. Oh, God. No. Oh, <laughs> Oh, God. Imagine if it escaped and then it was like... Looking at now, one. and we're both worried. Like, will we be eaten? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> will will we be pecked at? And you know, like, you wake up one morning and it's on the pillow next to you, just watching, looking yeah. at you, just making plans. Yeah, I retract my my, my decision. That's over. <laughs> so yeah. no, so no, no insect pet for you. I'm so I'm going to stay with the tarantula because I feel like if it got out, I could find it. Mm. Also, they're okay. furry. Oh, All right. Yeah. Freak me out too. Okay. So um, here's the thing. Um, Are you a good pet neighbor? I think so. Yeah. Like, are you, uh, so um, have you ever experienced anybody who like in a building anywhere who just um, was not pleasant to live nearby because of their, um, because of their pet and the way they took care of their pet? Um, yeah, there's actually somebody on my block now that, you know, we're on lockdown, so I don't know what their problem is and I don't want to be bothering anybody with it. But once this ban is lifted, I'm going to complain. Their dog is barking all the time and I'm, it's not the barking that disturbs me. It's the fact that like, I think they're leaving their dog alone too often Mm -hmm. and I'm concerned about that because the dog doesn't sound happy. The dog sounds panicky. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think the dog is being injured, but some pets, and it's a, I can tell it's a small dog from the yipping. Oh God. S- some dogs have separation anxiety. Oh, okay. And so a lot of the times the owner doesn't know because of tolerance of the people who are around them. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people in my neighborhood have pets. This person's pets barking all the time. We're concerned about the pet. 
So we're kind of like, oh, well, you know, if we see the owner, if we can figure out who it is, we'll say something to them. Mm-hmm. But we don't want to get them in trouble. We don't want right. the person to lose their pet. They may not even know that the dog is barking. Right, right. Yeah, you might just no want to have a conversation with them. Yeah. But also to not just have a conversation, but be like, here are the numbers of some really good dog walkers in our neighborhood who you can trust. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, also, a lot of us keep an eye on each other's dogs. So, you know, make friends with people who have pets. And you can always call someone and be like, hey, did you hear my dog? As opposed to getting an angry call, you know? Yeah. From someone uh, who's like, ah! because I don't want them. I don't want, I don't want someone to call the ASPCA. I don't know if the dog's being mistreated necessarily. Mm. It could just be a dog that can't shut up. Yeah. But this, this can happen here. Look, this, this is the example they give. They say, okay, okay. Got, get a new place and you're all moved in, but is your dog a fresh start <laughs> can take some time to, for you to adjust to, and your dog is no different. Yeah, yeah. Um, so changing locations and routines can be stressful for dogs. And when, while you can vocalize your stress to friends and family, dogs often turn to barking, whining, and destructive behavior. And it's yep. not exactly ideal for your relationship with your new neighbors. So what do you do? You know, and they suggest here that you first train your dog. Um, dog well, yes, dog. train your dog no matter what. I see a lot of people in the city don't do that. Um, probably in Hoboken too, because they're, you know, my dog's an indoor dog. It's like, well, you still need to train him though. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, no. cause dogs thrive with routine and clear expectations. And, yeah. um, it may sound obvious, but choosing to train your dog will greatly impact the dog's transition. Mm-hmm. Um, it's best to do it when they're young. Um, but the saying isn't true. Old dogs can learn new tricks. It, it, they certainly can. I found that to be bizarre. You can very quickly, if you have to deal with someone who has a pet that is unruly, you can actually just train them. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. don't wait for the owner. If you're going to see that pet a lot, there's no reason why you can't teach them not to jump up. You can teach them to sit. Like it's, it's pretty easy with some treats and a stern voice. Yeah. They say by continuing to use the same commands in your new environment, your dog will recognize the consistency and relax more. So that's, it's good for the dog. So you feel like some people may be like, oh, whatever, just let them be, let them do them. (laughs) No, they, they don't like, let let Fluffy do Fluffy. They don't like that. The dogs are constantly looking at their owner to make sure they're doing the right thing. Yeah. So, you know, you have to set up some routine, a situation where they can do the right thing, know they're doing the right thing and get a treat. Yeah. Uh, another thing you can do is learn the local laws, do some research before you take your dog out for a walk in a new neighborhood. Um, cause each one has each community, like they have their own different rules and you don't want to get off on the wrong foot by, you know, breaking these rules and now being labeled as the, as the problem neighbor. Yeah. Especially in the suburbs, because there's like a rule for everything in the suburb. Yeah. It's like, especially <laughs> leash laws and the pooper scooper. Yeah. Um, and every division has a weird thing about, you know. There's always, yeah, don't definitely check your homeowner's association mm-hmm. madness. <laughs> uh, so another one is keep the peace. A good neighbor is a quiet neighbor. <laughs> yeah. A spot may be bored or anxious, but your neighbors probably won't have any sympathy for his barking. Yeah. So more lo- regular walks and longer play periods may help. And I would stress to people too, because after, after living in apartments, like tell your neighbors to let you know if your dog is barking while you're away. Yeah. You know, our, we, we have some very tolerant neighbors. The dog we had before we had was having severe anxiety and we didn't know. 
until one of our neighbors who thankfully is gone now and was kind of a bee anyway, like <laughs> complained about it to, you know, the building. Yeah. And I'm like, well, why didn't you come and tell us first? We didn't know. I felt terrible. I was embarrassed and I felt bad for the dog. Right. But, right. So I asked my next door neighbors and they were like, we're from Moscow. We don't care. Dogs are <laughs> do- dogs. are Dogs Dogs bark. Yeah, I guess that's the way we're looking at it. Mm-hmm. Like some people are just like some people don't animals. care. Yeah, so you—that's why I say you won't necessarily know until it's something that annoys someone. Yeah. Um, now you decide if your cat will be strictly indoors. Um, your cat may love the great outdoors, but your may- neighbors may not love her for it, uh, especially in an anim- animal populous area. If your cat is more of an indoor outdoor cat, it couldn't hurt to s- discuss the situation with your neighbors. That way they know the cat is yours and they don't think it's a stray and it doesn't become a problem. Do people not, I guess people don't put like a collar on their cat. Right. Who knows? You know, or, or a bell. People think like, well, where's this cat coming from? Is it I had a cat in the off? city and I put a bell on it because it was, when I didn't, every night I would wake up to some bird fighting for its life in the kitchen. A bird? Oh, what? This is when I lived in Budapest. We had an indoor outdoor cat and okay. the cat was a killer. It was oh vicious. God. And I, I was, was waking. Like, you, had, you had birds in your kitchen? No, no, the no. Cat would grab. <laughs> no, the cat was bringing birds in. Oh, my God. And I couldn't figure out. I, one night I saw it. I heard like a bird struggling. I go and the cat's dragging a bird. And I was like, no, hell no. We're putting a bell on this cat immediately. Oh. And then one day the cat never came back. So I don't know. <laughs> he was like, screw this. All right. <laughs> he lost his fight. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I saw like a like some kind of bird ripped in half on the street. I was like, man, a rat got to that. Okay, yeah, that's another pet. Oh no, thanks. Yeah, um, yeah. So you know, they're saying you know, make sure your pet your pet is healthy. Make sure it goes to the vet. That kind of thing. But um, yeah, that's the way to be a good pet neighbor. If you if you have a pet, got to consider. Like, I feel like sometimes people think that you know their their pets are their family. And, yeah. and it's okay, like, when you're, it's in your own home, and when you have visitors come in, they have to kind of, you know, respect that. Um, but other people are in their homes, and they don't need to hear, like, you don't need to hear this dog going. No, it's very easy to, uh, to teach dogs not to bark. Mm-hmm. You can do it. Yeah. Um, and if you live in an apartment, generally, like... Like, again, in my building, we have tons of dogs. I never, No one's dog here barks unless something happens, right? Mm-hmm. So it makes sense if someone is trying, like, uh, someone comes by to drop off a package at my neighbor's house during the day. The, the, you'll hear, like, woof. Mm-hmm. But that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Or there's someone. It's not, like, a lot of barking, but it's, like, somebody's coming to my space, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, someone's coming to our area kind of thing. Um, and generally they can, you know, if there's danger and things like that, but I don't hear a lot of barking. That leads me to believe that you can teach pretty much any, any dog not to bark. Yeah. So I have some, um, information here about pets that have saved lives Ah. recently, like in the past 15, 10, 15 years. So these are from all over the world. This is one, um, there was a 17 month old, uh, girl. Playing okay. in the yard of her family's home. This is in Australia. All of a sudden, her family dog, the Doberman Pinscher named Khan, starts to like go nuts. 
apparently a, a venomous snake was under the house. The dog was trying oh. to get the kid away from the snake. The kid wouldn't move. So the dog picked up the kid by the diaper and tossed her away. <gasps> at, that same, at that same moment, the snake attacked and bit the dog. No. But the dog was given anti-venom and survived. Oh, my God. How crazy is it? Like, he picked up the dog. The girl was just like, fuck it. I'm throwing you. Oh, my God. That's like a Ricky Ticky Tabby situation. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That's wild. Like he, he tried, and she wasn't having it, so he's like, okay, nothing okay. else to do. Yeah. <laughs> i got to take this into my own mouth. I don't care how this looks. I'm doing it. <laughs> didn't, what about the, the family? Didn't they see that they saw it happening? They or? saw it happening. They didn't, know, they didn't know what was going on. They just saw the dog, like, pushing, you know, trying to um, push the girl. Like, mm-hmm. you know, with his mouth yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And she wasn't having it. And then he picked her up and threw her. Oh, my God. That's a wild. And then he got <laughs> bit by the snake. But he lived. <sighs> it's like, God damn it. crazy? Australia, right? Yeah. Um, here's another one. There's a guy who, uh, a gentleman who had seizures. Mm-hmm. So he had a puppy and he taught the dog when he started having seizures to retrieve the phone and to hit speed dial. So he trained the dog to do that when it was a puppy. And then a year and a half later, the dog saved the guy's life. Uh, He went into a seizure, blacked out. Uh, The dog got the phone, called, and just started whimpering into the phone. And then 911, the emergency response showed up. Oh, my God. It, yep. it, it, I thought you were going to say, like, he trained the dog how to smell a seizure coming on. Because I think no. they, they can do that. This was, for, I don't know what the nature of this guy's seizures were, but uh, generally, according to the article, he was usually able to tell when they came on himself. And, you know, he was able to, usually to call 911 himself. But this was in case he blacked out or just couldn't get to the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another uh, dog that placed a call when the owner's breathing machine cut off. Mm-hmm. Oh. And then, so these are dogs that have been trained for this. And then a, a Rottweiler not only placed a call when, when the owner fell out of a wheelchair, but also opened the door for the cops. Get out. Like, so these are, these are dogs who've been trained, you know, like therapy dogs, like, you know, companion animals for people who have some health issues, and they saved them. I think that's amazing. That is amazing. It's like, imagine if you have, if you really love your dog, but it's not that smart. And you're like, yeah. we can dial 911. It's like, what? I know, it just comes over and licks you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah That's it. You. <laughs> yeah. There's another one. This is a, a Quaker parrot. I don't know what that is. I'm assuming they're not talking about their religious sect. Um, a Quaker parrot was started screaming, uh, mama baby, mama baby, because the, a two-year-old was choking to death and the mother was out of the room. That's creepy. The, dog, the, the bird freaked out, started screaming. The mother came running in because her, she heard the bird, and they were able to save the baby with the Heimlich maneuver. Bird did not perform the Heimlich. Did. <laughs> well, I, now I'm – oh, come on. I'm the not bird. impressed. <laughs> the bird was later the recipient of a local Red Cross Animal Lifesaver Award. Which he can't shut up about it. Which he can't. You know he's not. He just <laughs> – Crow until dawn about it. Yeah. <laughs> but that's really actually very, I mean, it's great, but it's still, if you heard a bird saying mama, baby, mama, baby, that's. It's maybe, I mean, they say it's a Quaker parrot. So maybe it's one of those birds that can learn, you know, 50 words or whatever, you know, 
that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I like, or maybe that's all the bird knew how to say. Like in the bird's mind, he's saying she's choking to death, but it just comes out while I'm a baby. <laughs> or maybe that's all it's, yeah, it's just, it knows when something is, uh, is wrong and just says that all the time. Yeah. All the time. Um, there's another one of a cat alerting the owners that there was carbon monoxide. Oh. So as you said, cats have, you know, an amazing vocal range. This cat started screaming. Uh They said it was the craziest meow they'd ever heard. Um, by the time, by the time the owner woke up, she was dizzy. Her husband and son were unconscious. Uh, luckily though, the owner was able to get them outside and call 911. Thanks to the cat. Oh my God. Bizarre. It's all st- so stressful. Yeah. <laughs> Situations. <laughs> There's another one of this. This is in Russia. I don't know if this is like a problem. Um, a 10 year old was playing outside. A fox wandered into the yard, killed a chicken, and then turned on a boy. Where I'm from, foxes don't attack people. Um, so maybe this is a different type of fox. Mm-hmm. But it could be, yeah. The do- a dog saw it. The dog, local family or local dog, the family dog Shrek saw it, jumped in, started fighting off the fox. Um, and then that allowed the father to come and grab the son. And then apparently there was a 25 minute standoff between the fox and the dog, <laughs> which I would love to see 25 minutes of this standoff. Yeah. Over, at this point, over nothing, just beef because the food is gone. Yeah. Yeah. And they just, they're like, this is now, um, Egos are involved. Yeah. Yes. Now it's personal. Yeah. <laughs> right. Bizarre. Um, yeah. Did you see the um, video? I think um, your husband, Greg, sent along a video of the alligators that were fighting yeah. on the golf course. Okay. So this was weird for me because really it's like alligators on a golf course. Like it's that regular of a thing. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. They're always on the golf course. Dude, screw that. Screw, screw that there's so many re- i like golf it's fun but there are so many reasons not to play it from environmental reasons to like who has a whole day to the cultural ramifications of it and now alligators yeah, well isn't i'm now fi- sensing the link between the um the what is the company with that makes the polo shirts um oh izod no maybe that's where it is. no it's not izod who has it oh lacoste 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 has it and uh, they have the alligator on the shirt, and that's the uh, polo is the choice of um, shirt for golfers. So maybe that has something to do. This video was crazy. Like I, I don't think I would have stayed around long as long as the guys did who filmed it. Yeah, because these things were they looked like they were taller than they were longer than I am tall. Yeah. And, and an animal is more than five feet. I'm out. That's right. That's your rule. Over five <laughs> That's my rule. <laughs> if you could, if you can get on hind legs and look me in the eye, you know, or if I fell down mm-hmm. and we we're like about the same length, I'm out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. I don't, I can't believe that means like alligators and they have no fear because it's not like the golf course isn't heavily trafficked. They just don't give an F. No, they don't. And the, so and probably, we know they're over so much space. They had, they were, their jaws were locked overlapping and they were yeah. trying to flip each other. And I think the article said that it was, um, it was mating season. So uh, the women, the women have to defend themselves <laughs> and the, the, the males are going from nest to nest trying to get it on with somebody. So, or maybe uh, they, she wasn't having it. Yeah, it could have been that, or they were two males fighting over a lady. Uh, <laughs> we don't know. We don't know what the <laughs> beef was, but it was, 
was pretty impressive. I'd be like playing through and I just get out of there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to see, like, I don't want to see anything like that. I love animals, but no, that's too familiar. Yeah. You know, like and people drink on the golf course. I'm sure I would be. It's a long day, you know, and they tell you if you're chased by um, an alligator that you, to run in a zigzag, but are you going to remember that? Right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> or, or you just got to fucking book it like as fast as you can in one direction. Come on. Yeah. You're supposed to run serpentine. Yeah. But that would seem like retrenching. Like wouldn't in, in my, my mind as I'm, I'm afraid I'm running in a zigzag would seem to me like I'm somehow running, you know, yeah. inefficient. Oh yeah. And now you've got two alligators <laughs> on your, on yeah. your tail and you've got to run zigzag. Forget it. You're and, just like a ping pong ball bouncing in between. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> You're like, this doesn't quite work out. I didn't like this. No. I think, too, that's how alligators, I hope they don't figure that one out. They're like, wait a minute, we could just run parallel to each other mm-hmm. and we'll get them? <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. All right, what do you have? Well, uh, dog envy. It's a real thing. Huh? Yeah. Is this dogs envying each other or people envying dogs? People envying dogs. So Okay. Um, yeah, so this this woman is writing about how her... She said, my neighbor was training a perfectly behaved pooch while I was struggling with my rambunctious rescue. And mm-hmm. um, so earlier in the year, she, this woman learned that um, when I learned, she said, my new coworker owned a rescue dog. My first reaction was excitement. Um, she had adopted. <laughs> I like the way you said that. <laughs> excitement. <laughs> But then, <laughs> then despair. Yeah, she had her own sweet but traumatized one-eyed um, dachshund mix named <laughs> Bill. And the one-eyed animals at the shelter—if you ever go to one—they the ones missing an eye and missing a leg—they're the best ones for some reason. Everybody wants them. They fl- <laughs> oh, really? they fly off the shelf. Yes, because you're looking at them and you're like, "Who's going to adopt this one-eyed pet?" You know who? Everybody. Yeah, they all are. They, they fly off the shelf. They, <laughs> I guess I don't know. Um, yeah, the three we almost adopted a three-legged dog because we were like this guy, <laughs> you know. So she thought like when you have a, like a, a rambunctious pet and you're having a hard time with this rescue, and you're hearing mm-hmm. about how easy it is to care for like another puppy. Um, yeah, you know, she's saying that her dog Bell took several weeks just to learn to sit and barks at every child and senior she passes. And she's like, my colleague's dog adjusts almost, adjusted almost immediately to her new home, accepting pets and pats from any passerby. And she was like, I'm burning with envy and resenting my coworker. <laughs> wow, about the dog. Yeah, because it was such a, like a, yeah. a, a chore to get the dog even just to sit. And her, she's just, the, the colleague is, you know, having just a grand old time with this new one. Um, I get it. It's like people I've known who have gotten the dog as a puppy and the dog was cute and then it, it matured and you were like, good Lord. <laughs> you know, like, it's just like I burned with envy, resented my coworker. Um, and then her mom, she, like, she went in this spiral. She was like, did I simply not no? have what it takes to care for another living being? If I had kids, would I end up emotionally stunting them with my lack of patience? You know, so she starts going down the spiral here. Um, wow. And she, she had a rescue dog, though. So people have to cut themselves slack on rescues. You don't know, you know, yeah. literally you don't know their life. Yeah. But she said experiencing this envy, you know, could send, us, send you reeling into a sense of um, deprivation and non-fulfillment while um, 
you know, you neglect to appreciate your own unique circumstances, but it's, she felt so uncomfortable and so inadequate and covetous. Um, and it seemed impossible to overcome. And she was just like, really, she (laughs) really (laughs) at home with her for some reason. To be fair though, some people do flaunt their dogs. Like I've had, I've known some people who think they've had this really elite, wonderful dog. And I'm like, your dog's an asshole. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's so great. They can stop on a dime and they can roll over and play dead. But like, when you're not looking at your dog, your dog looks like you straight figuring out how to like chomp on you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whereas like my like broke down rescue is just thrilled to be here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it's like sometimes, you know, other people like to um, paint it like this wonderful picture just to make other people envious of them. Exactly. And make them feel you don't it. know what happens at home. Yeah. You know, probably pees on the, on the carpet and eats a shoe. Right. And it's just like, it's kind of like the Facebook, you know, phenomena where people are posting these wonderful, glorious, you know, pictures of their lives. And they're, they're just like framing this whole life story that is just completely false. <laughs> yeah. No one's putting up a picture of when they're purebred poodles licking his balls. Right. Like at, on the table. Right. Like that picture gets cut out of Instagram of the feed. So when you're feeling (laughs) inadequate and when you feel this envy, um, if you suspect that your stress might actually be envy, she says, you know, uh, and she says, go through an exercise called the five layers of why to help understand, ask yourself, why do you feel how you do? Then question your response with another why and so on five layers, no more, no less. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Cause that could get real annoying. Yeah. And so, you know, it, so she said, for instance, you know, for any kind of envy, say your sibling's career success made you unhappy or mm-hmm. why did you resent a friend for buying a new home? You know, uh, because you don't have a home, you're living in a crappy place that you hate yeah. and you, you think it should be you. That's, yeah. is that why I answered the question? Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> She said that she discovered her dog envy was in fact rooted in a deeper desire for validation that I'd someday be a competent parent. Uh, so that kind of thing. Like she wanted, a, she was feeling insecure about herself being a good parent. And she thought that uh-huh. this was exposing herself as a, as a, a potentially bad parent. See, that's, that's not even clear thinking because when you adopt a dog from a shelter, they don't always tell you this. But if you talk to other uh, shelter pet owners, and I've had both a shelter pet and a non-shelter pet. It's so easy when you get a puppy that, you know, not from a shelter, like that puppy's known you and your apartment mm-hmm. and your lifestyle, its entire life versus a dog that who knows, like the dog, the dog that we had before we asked at the shelter, how did, how did Curtis get in? They said someone literally opened the door of the shelter and threw him in. Oh my God. So, you know, he had to deal with that. Right. And then we had to deal with it. So it was much harder for us to socialize him, to get him to feel comfortable here when he's probably thinking like, as soon as that door opens, they're flinging me out. Yeah. Versus the dog I have now who's like, I'm sorry, are there other places to live? You know, (laughs) like this is it. (sighs) So you have to give your, cut yourself some slack if you have shelter. That's true. That's true. Um, Yeah. It's hard. So she had this, she says like, you know, keep track of your thoughts and feelings, maybe write in a journal. And she said, try empathy too, because, um, you know, you may, envy causes you to feel inadequate next to someone who has what we don't, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but that person, it's, you know, not their issue. 
uh, you know. No. <laughs> <laughs> you go to approach him and be like, look here, Rebecca. <laughs> you know. Yeah, so empathize with someone, you know, focus from your own perspective to somebody else's, and that could be powerful. So don't just get, like, caught up in your own feelings. Kind of switch it out and, uh, you know, think about other people. Um, Also, consider the fact that dogs have a lot of um, empathy with people. And, you know, you don't want that negativity rubbing off on your dog. Yeah. Like, you don't want your dog to feel like, you know what, maybe I'm not enough for Charlene. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like I'm doing the best I can. Yeah, you know? I, I, I'm just not doing anything I do. I got one eye. I got one eye. I can't change that. Right? If I had two, That's would just... she love me more? Would I, exactly. would I make her life complete? Exactly. Uh-huh. Also, I had this one eye when she got me, so I don't see what the problem is. <laughs> you know, like this is how I came in here. Yeah. Oh, gosh. No. So, um so she says also you can motivate yourself, this kind of thing. Um, if you feel like you're inadequate, maybe you can do something to change your, yourself. Maybe, yeah. you know, don't just sit there and complain about how, you, how you're feeling. Like, just try to discover, you know, maybe you can do something else. Maybe she can read another book on you know, what, to do. <laughs> what to do. But, yeah, it's a real thing. It's like it's kind of like... Yeah, when you're when you're looking at somebody else's life and you say, "Wow, they just everything is working out for them in my life." Yeah, you're like, yeah. even my dog sucks. Yeah, is probably what she's thinking. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So, like my hair is too thin. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm not where I should be in my career, right. and my dog is is patchy. <laughs> <laughs> and it just it just is the thing. It's the um, uh, the thing that sets off the whole reaction. And you can spiral yeah. downwards, but you, know, you can handle it. There's a way to, you can get over it. I feel bad for this pet. This pet is doing the heavy lifting. <laughs> they don't like to, um, it's interesting because since I've had dogs, like I sometimes like to read articles about them, just like a, you know, dog psychology or whatever. I'm not like dog crazy, but it's interesting how animals react to you and you live with one, you get to see this, but it's like, you know, they, they, if you're not happy with them, they know about it and they really try. Now they have limited stuff that they can do, right. Yeah. <laughs> to like get you to like them. But it's like, you know, don't make your dog feel like he or she is a disappointment. Like that's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. That's not right. Now you have two people doubting themselves and the dog can't go through this exercise of five whys. Uh. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, you know what? I'm just going to revert and eat a shoe. Oh, I don't yeah. care. This is all- they already don't like me. Might, might as well. No. Yeah, I don't like these pumps. How about that? I'm going to stress eat on your shoe. <laughs> I'm going to stress eat this pump. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so what do you have? Um, I have here from the Science Daily. Mm-hmm. Right, this is science for regular people. Um, science news. It's basically, yes, your dog does want to rescue you. Uh, they did some research at Arizona State University, good old ASU. Pet dogs will try to save a dis- their distressed human as long as they know how to. So they did, um, up until recently, apparently, little research has been done on how interested dogs are in rescuing humans. But nonetheless, we expect them to do it anyway, mm-hmm. right? We, we assume that, like, if we're in a burning building and we yell help, Fida will run in. So the Canine Science Collaboration at ASU, sorry, Collaboratory, no, that was a word. Collaboratory. Ooh. Collaboratory. I don't know. Who knows what's going on in education? 
Uh, they set up an experiment with 60 dogs and to see their propensity to rescue the owners. None of the dogs were trained. So these are just like regular run-of-the-mill dogs, not like, you know, super like television mm-hmm. dogs or whatever. Each owner was confined to a large box equipped with a lightweight door that the door, dog could move aside. Then the owners were, they got in the box and they feigned distress calls. They were coached by actors first. Okay. So they could sound legitimate. So they were either call it help or help me. And so they worked with the owners to make sure that their uh, helps sounded authentic. Um, and in, in addition to this, the owner was not allowed to call the dog's name because if you call a dog's name, they'll just come to you. Like right. So they said one third of the owners rescued the distressed, i uh, sorry, one third of the dogs rescued the owner, but it was two things. One is the desire to help the owner. The other was some dogs didn't even understand how to open the door. <laughs> Right. So, which is fine. You know what I mean? Not every dog, you know, stressed out. Yeah. Yeah. So it was two things. Yeah. They wanted to help. They wanted to see who could help or wanted to help. And then who could figure out. And one control test, a dog watched a researcher drop food into the box. And only 19 of the dogs could open the box to get food. So more of the dogs rescued their owner than got the food, which shows that, you know, they are concerned. So the real issue is, can dogs open a door, I guess? So if you want to get saved, you can teach that to your dog. Okay. Um, out of the 19 dogs that were able to open the door to get the food, 84% of them rescued the owners. Oh, wow. So most, most of the dogs, they want to rescue you, but they need to know how. Um, and another control test, and I think this would have been a fun one to do. They had the owner sit inside a box and calmly read from a magazine. And then, um, yeah. and then the dogs, very few dogs cared. Like 16 out of the 60 dogs opened the box. Some of them probably just wanted to get in there, see the owner. But the rest of them were like, the guy's fine. You know. I, I wonder how many, like with the distress um, experiment, if the dog opened up the door and then just sat down with the owner. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It was like, dude, there's nothing going yeah. on. Whatever. Yeah. I'm in. Fine. Um, I know from my, if I have my door closed and I start coughing or sneezing or anything, uh, my dog goes nuts and tries to get in. I don't know why. Maybe for her coughing is like it's end times. Yeah. If she sees you in distress or hears you in distress. Yeah. And it's like, I need to check on her. But again, she doesn't know how to open the door. <laughs> She's so little. But she can't reach the yes, doorknob anyway. She's very little. She can't even push it. Yeah. So if it's if it's even just a little bit open, she's like, I'll just stand here and just, <laughs> you, you know I'm concerned, right? That's all. Um, so it said most most dogs would run into a burning building just because they want to be near you Aww. if you call their name. And uh, if, they, if you're in distress, even better, right? They're, I mean, they, they want to get in. They said during the distress test, they actually measured the dogs were distressed. So when the owner was stressed out, the dog was stressed out. Um, eight dogs whined, uh, for the stress and only one whine for food. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that guy. Right. Um, during the second and third attempts to open the box during the distress test, it didn't make the dogs less stressed. So they would do it again and again, and they were freaked out every time. So it's like, if you go in the box and yell help, they get stressed out and come get you. If you go back in there again, they get just as stressed out. Oh God. Um, so they, they were trying to see that, to see if they became used to it. And apparently they didn't. Okay. So they, they're never going to, every time they're never going to get like, 
you can't cry wolf with a dog. <laughs> you can over and over and over again. They will always show up. Um, the, the results said that dogs care about people without training. Dogs will still try to rescue the uh, owner. And when they can't do it, they're upset. The result from the control test indicate that dogs who fail to rescue people are unable to, they do their, their failure is based in their inability to understand what to do. They said the next step step is to explore whether dogs that rescue, um, next we want to explore whether the dogs that rescue do so to get close to people or whether they would open the box anyway. Okay. So like we were saying, like no one's going to, none of these dogs would open the box and stay outside. They're opening the box. They're going they're in. They're going in. There's no stopping them. They're not going to just. <laughs> yeah. They're like, they're going to peep. Dogs don't peep in and say, oh, he's fine. Mm-hmm. And then carry on about their business. Yeah. They got to, they'll take it to the next level. That's. Yeah. They got to get in there. That's better. It's so. like. Showing. Yeah. I mean, it's smart. I think it's good because dogs have can be like an alarm system, mm-hmm. especially in my building. We have a lot of older people. If I, if I were to walk by one of their door and I heard whimpering from a dog, I'm going to do something. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I'm going to be concerned about the person who was inside for, so just for that alone, even if the dog can't help you, their concern, if someone else hears it could possibly save you. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. No, that's true. Oh God. Yeah. Interesting. Huh? Yeah. They don't, if you go inside and read a magazine, though, they're not that interested. Yeah. (laughs) You're reading the Atlantic. They're like, "Eh." again, a bit dry. Yeah. Yeah. Bit dry. All right. Do you have, do you have any, uh, like fun things to close on? Yeah, sure. I got the pros and cons of owning unconventional pets. Oh dear. Okay. What are unconventional pets though? They say in a horses, but that just means that you have to just have enough money to own a horse. You need land, you need the food. Or you're like where I'm from, you're like a broke farmer. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like a lot of people where I'm from have horses and they're not necessarily wealthy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. uh, Like how about the pot belly pig for instance? Um, how about it? (laughs) So are those still pets? I thought that was a thing from like, the last millennium right yeah pretty much it was like george clooney had one and it was like isn't that isn't that quirky and and it makes them all the cuter right for owning the i saw one in uh in costa rica the place we were they had a pig and i asked the owners about it and they were like yeah we love having the pig but during the easter season i think it was they have to hide it why (laughs) because apparently people eat pork oh no (laughs) <laughs> so they're coming after um yeah and i was like i was like oh that's yeah yes and i was like you're just being ridiculous all right this is a local woman so she knows and then i talked to some other local people they're like yeah man that pig does look good i was like are you serious you know it's their pet right they're like that's good eating man i'm looking at right yeah um, but only around easter the rest of the year it's fine oh no, it's christmas too she said they have to hide it at christmas as oh, well geez. well with these miniature pot-bellied pigs everyone thinks that they're so cute and small uh-uh they grow up to be like 125 pounds or more, and they can live for 20 years. So they are you serious? Around. Oh yeah. Do they tell? Do people know that? Because I feel like I've only seen the small ones. Oh yeah. Well, I. You know what? I um. I said my cousin has one, but it's you know outside in Colorado. It's in a pen. Yeah, they have a lot of space. Yeah, and but it's like, hey, Gizmo. That's what they named it, and it's like this thing snorts and like the the foam and saliva comes down. I'm like, Ew. yeah. Are they going to eat it at some point, or is it actually just a pet? Just a pet. Okay. I, I mean, I'm not casting aspersions on that. 
I, I assume that it's a pig you can eat, yeah, right? I'm sure. Okay. But the pros of having these pigs, they're very intelligent and easy to train. Um, you can train them. You can house train them with a litter box. You can walk them on a leash. And they, I mean, that's a lot of litter box though, right? Yeah. <laughs> At a hundred and some pounds. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they love to have their, <laughs> their ears scratched. They like physical contact. Um, mm-hmm. But the cons is like intelligence works both ways and pigs can be very stubborn and they can be very destructive. And they, uh, when they root for food with, they can wreak havoc on your house or yard. Um, they can even figure out, yeah, they're tough. They can figure out how to get in your fridge and your cupboards. Why are they in your house? <laughs> what happened? What, yeah. what, uh-huh. what happened? Uh-huh. So that's like <laughs> one of them. They talk about having a rabbit as a pet. Um, okay. That's not that not unconventional, unconventional though. You said you had a rabbit. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> they're social. They form strong bonds with their owners they don't like to be mm-hmm. home very much, but they are playful and as silly as puppies and kittens. Um, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, they could be taken outside with a harness, and they're easy to feed. Um, and they, re- but they, uh, they require a lot of roughage, like hay and vegetables, and they don't need a lot of yeah. food. Yeah. Okay. Um, but the con- yeah, the hutches they like to be in a hutch. Yeah. right? Oh yeah, they love a hutch. But man, do they poop? And you got to clean out that hutch all the time. Uh, the cons are rabbits and young children don't mix well. Really? Yeah. And they need. I bet small girls all over the world are like, no. <laughs> I know. Uh, they need exercise. They need several hours a day outside of their cage. Um, rabbits? Yeah. I didn't know yeah. that. Okay. And the areas where your bunny may hop may also have to be rabbit proof. Bunnies are chewers. They will chomp down on your, your furniture, electrical wires, plants, anything they can sink their teeth into. I'll be damned if I let a, a rabbit eat my couch. I had no idea. Yeah, and they love to mark their territory with urine, which has Ooh. very strong odor. And um, that I know they do. They they do have a very strong odor. Yeah, and they're not very clean. Um, they're not vigilant cleaners when it comes to personal space. So you have to like you have to clean all the time. Um, but mm-hmm. the, not like your mantis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the one surprising <laughs> fact: they can be litter box trained. Really? Yeah. Huh. I find that fascinating. Like, I grew up, a lot of people had rabbits when I was growing up, but outside. Yeah. Like, uh, animal husbandry kind of thing. And it was like a hobby. Yeah. Like, if you had a farm, you would have some rabbits or whatever. Um, I definitely remember not wanting to interact with them that much mm-hmm. because of the stench. Yeah. yeah. But also water shipped down. Right. <laughs> Which they just remade. I saw they have it on Netflix, and you know, Greg and I were like, "Let's go ahead and not put that in our queue." Yeah, no, don't need it that. looks scary. You don't need that. At it's the like, time. A, yeah, yeah, it's like a four-part series, and it's like, <laughs> and it, it looks very, you know, it's not, it's not cute, basically. Yeah. Um, the one last one is um, parrots. Even though it, people, they're, yes. they're common <laughs> to have. They're mm-hmm. smart and entertaining and beautiful. Um, but they are the third most, um, they are actually joined the ranks of the most discarded homeless pet in America. They're homeless? Those things, I thought they cost a lot of money. Yeah, but people, like, they, they live for, like, 80 years. Oh, and people are like, I've had it with yeah, this. Yeah, or, like, what happens if somebody dies or if you have to... Nobody, nobody wants your parrot. I feel like that's nobody. a popular trope in, like, sitcoms in the 80s. Yeah. It's like this parrot and who... Yeah. 
and whatever it says. And it's just like, I, I don't know. I feel like birds having, uh, well, I'm not a huge fan of having birds. Um, I feel like they need to be free. They need to be flying around. And after, if you see parrots in the wild, which I've only had the, the, you know, pleasure of seeing it a couple of times, Mm -hmm. it just seems awful to have them in a cage. They're really big. They're big. And the thing is, I don't want one in my house because I don't want it repeating what I say. I had, yes, (laughs) I had a friend who had one. I was at her house and I realized how boring she was because the parrot would say this. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Yeah. Oh. They say, well, yeah. well. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, God. I don't want to keep you on for too long. <laughs> like, they, <laughs> oh, my goodness. What a nightmare. <laughs> also, too, if you look at their eyes closely, they're creepy. These things are dinosaurs. You know what I mean? Like, they are raptors like they're they're serious mm-hmm. i don't find anything cuddly or fun about them right i feel like if they could scratch my eyes out if they thought i would still feed them they would yeah and they always try to i have a friend who has a bird and when i take care of their household when they're away i i have to like trick the bird to go to one side of the cage while i put food in the other because it always tries to attack my hand meanwhile the thing is small like if i grab this bird it doesn't have a chance right. squeeze it and i'm feeding it it doesn't care. It it doesn't care at all. It, it still wants to attack yeah. me. It would probably it would rather starve than not attack me. <laughs> you know, like, I basically have to wear like a cut glove <laughs> to go in there, and it's like I think it's like a cockatiel or something. Yeah, it's not that you know, big. It's so stressful. I can't even. So, I think if I had a pet, a bird, you know what? I bet you what happens is people have a moment of reconsideration and they open the cage, mm-hmm. and then they just don't say anything about it. Yeah, right. You know, mm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I'm not into the birds in a I'm cage. I'm not either. Do they talk in the wild? Do they say anything out there? Never heard a bird say shit in the jungle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, you've been in, you were in Panama. Like, did you no. hear any birds say, hey, <laughs> no. you know, anything? Like, they, they, they learn on? how to, like, yeah. yeah, how about some seed? I know you hear me. <laughs> I know you see me. I'm red, green. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I haven't. I've never heard a bird say a damn yeah. thing in the wild. All we're, right, well, we're well good. we salute you, yeah. pets. Thank you for listening to Hey You Know It. Stay in touch with us during the week. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Tumblr. Go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. We'll read it on an upcoming show regardless of content. As always, we love your emails. Send us an email at heyyouknowit at gmail.com with your comments, questions, and segment ideas. Emails will also be read on upcoming shows. Please tell your friends about us because you know we don't advertise. And let them know we can be found on iTunes at stitcher.com and at heyyouknowit.com. Thanks. Thanks.